We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Good evening, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. My name is Scott Kennedy. Over here on this side is Zach Kelberman. We will be your hosts for this evening on a Thursday night of Thursday Night Football on a bye week. It's kind of fun watching everybody else play and lose when you're sitting there coming off a high of a big win so zach how are you enjoying this week my friend i feel like i'm going crazy scott because i hear an echo like a delay from what you're saying so it's like one of those movies where people are thinking i hear myself too now is it me no it was me i was, I was too loud i thought i turned it down and then all of a sudden it's, it's back up so it should be should be better off make sure you don't have a uh youtube tab open that auto started or something along those lines as well we're going to talk some Jerry Judy. Uh, I guess a formal trade offer did come in for Jerry Judy. We're going to get into that a little bit. See what is, and, and why that becomes interesting. Yeah, it didn't happen, so why do we care? Because Jerry Judy is still under contract for one more year, and there's no saying that a trade can't be made in the offseason. So what is this perceived value now, and what can it be coming in? Zach, how you doing, my friend? I'm really stupid. I feel pretty crunchy right now. I had the YouTube window before the pod started opened, so it was it auto played while we were in StreamYard here. So appreciate you joining us tonight, Scott, or me, and I appreciate you and the pod. I got off to a little bit of an awkward start. But- it's like the first time we've ever done this, so you yeah. know, a bunch of rookies here. I know, but we're gonna keep it pretty tight from here on out. I'm excited to talk about Jerry Judy. I don't know if you started to get into that while I dipped out for a second, but the Broncos did reportedly get a trade offer. For uh, number 10, the Broncos did not take that trade offer, and Judy is a part of the team, at least for the rest of the season. But the offer itself, Scott, was definitely interesting. We haven't gotten into it a little bit, but uh, you know, let's say hello to some folks that have come in. I do, I'm interested in that because, again, it's, it's relevant for the offseason as well. It's not like this was a guy who's going to be a free agent. Josie Jewell is a free agent. That he wasn't traded means he's not going to be traded. Any of these other guys, and we said that's why we don't think the Broncos will be sellers because they're probably not going to get the offer they want. And you're better off keeping these guys around for the rest of the season. If nothing else, see if they can enhance their value and best case. Hey, why don't you go win some football games? Things are going kind of well right now. I want to say hello to some folks that have come in. David McElrath was in nice and early. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Chad is on the road. I will be here with Zach for at least tonight 
and Sunday night, maybe Monday and Godspeed, Zach. You don't want to, I mean, Chad, we don't want you uh, being gone that long. People get sick of me for sure. Um, David is still sitting on 11 and six. That'd be a hell of a finish there, David. Buckham times three MHH for life. Denver Broncos for life. It is good to see you. Sam Bam has come in as well with the super chat. Says glad the Broncos are going into the buy on a positive note. It's I was thinking, Zach, one of my favorite things is if you play the early game, winning on a Thursday night and then watching everybody else battle and scrap and lose during the week. This is almost just as good because you're still coming off a high of the uh of the big win, like Sam Bam says. I, I saw the score again yesterday, 24 to nine, the box score and, and no second half points for Kansas City. And it was still just as beautiful three days later as it was on Sunday. And I know the Broncos themselves, the players, the coaches and us in Broncos country would prefer they had a game to keep the momentum going, but they get to heal up. They've been a pretty battered team and their next opponent who they play on next Monday night has a tough matchup, literally and figuratively, the Buffalo Bills playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Josh Allen already has a kind of a dinged up throwing shoulder. So how they come out of that game could uh, help the Broncos. Sam finishes. He says, I hope, uh, I think they can go seven and two in the second half of the season and make the playoffs. Also, do you think the rest of the season will be the make or break for Russ as the future quarterback? Um, Goodness. We talked a little bit about this this morning, Sam Bam. I said, the only thing that the only way we will know for sure what the Denver Broncos are going to do is if it's a negative, meaning that Russell Wilson falls off a cliff, you have to move on from him. If he finishes again, if you double his numbers for the first eight games of this year and you finish 32 and eight on touchdowns, interceptions, you'd probably take that. But is that really enough to say, okay, I want to hitch my wagon to Russell Wilson for probably three years. That's the thing with this contract. It's not just a normal contract where, okay, I can make a decision year to year to year. You have to make a decision for the next three years, basically this March when the new league year starts. It's really strange. So do you decide, okay, this we don't have a future and we need to rebuild and bring in a, a younger quarterback and do all those kind of things? It's going to be a really, really interesting offseason. As far as seven and two goes in the second half, I will be a believer in this team if they go to Buffalo and win. Otherwise, I think they're going to be one of those teams hanging around seven and 10, maybe eight and nine, miss the playoffs, be kind of one of those middle draft picks. Green Bay was not a great team. You beat them. Okay, good. Home game, you beat them. Kansas City is a great team. You beat them. That happens. For me, Zach, that's that any given Sunday type thing. For you to be a really good team, you have to show the consistency. You beat Kansas City, you beat Green Bay, you go to Buffalo and beat the Bills, and back-to-back-to-back weeks, I'm on board. That's what I'm waiting to see, Zach. I echo that 100%. I think it makes or breaks the Broncos' season. This Bills game, if they win, playoff aspirations are alive. If they lose, it's probably going to be, like Scott said, a middling seven or eight win season and the Broncos end up picking in the, uh, the team somewhere, but their schedule Scott is not that daunting. If they can get past Buffalo after that, the next four games, I break it down in like quarters. So it's at Buffalo home for Minnesota without Kirk cousins home for Cleveland, maybe without Deshaun Watson at Houston rookie quarterback and at the chargers, who the Broncos, it's the one team in the West Scott that they've actually beaten in the last few years. So it, the answer to that also ties into Russ. 
he's not the future because he's going to be 35 later this month. So they're going to have to be planning for the future anyway. He's a bridge or he's a, a short-term guy. That's why I'm still on board regardless of how the record turns out with them scooping up a quarterback in the draft and putting him in the pipeline. But if they can get past this Buffalo game, they're going to have so much momentum to carry them and who really could beat him. And, and from their point of view, if they beat Kansas City and Buffalo back-to-back, they're going to feel quite literally unbeatable. You mentioned the Bills. You mentioned coming home to the Vikings, coming home and getting some home cooking, possibly. That's where, for me, I don't do much cooking, and I'm a vegetarian, so I like to get some pizza. It's one of my go-tos. So you can make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Like I said, as a vegetarian, sometimes eating out and eating fast is a real pain in the butt. Being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, bring me some pizza makes it nice and easy. Order online during the Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza and pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Yeah, I'm a big fan of their pepperoni, big fan of the traditional cheese. They have different crusts as well, traditional uh, stuffed crust, uh, Sicilian Detroit style, anything you can desire is at Little Caesars. You definitely win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Zach, I told you when I was in high school, they had a, a Lucky Sevens uh, offer. That would be crazy right now. Yeah. It was two medium, seven toppings for seven seventy-seven. Yes, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Please. Troy Boer coming in here with $9.99. He says, hey guys, with his super chat, I really hope the bye week let the rookies learn enough to get more snaps. What challenges to the Bills present that the Chiefs did not have a great show? Thank you, sir. Uh, I don't know how much, you know, are you you doing install on this, but of the rookies, I'm going to go ahead and take this one, Zach, as far as uh, I would just serve it to you, but I'm going to steal one first. Of the rookies that you're getting the least from that you want to get more from, Drew Sanders is my pick on this. Um Marvin Mims would be an easy one, so I'll let you talk about Mims. But for me, Drew Sanders is you traded up for you used a premium pick on you traded up for him on an, an inside linebacker who has some ability to move around, but right now he hasn't mastered really anything and he's looked a little lost out there. Josie Jewell coming back and being healthy, and Alex Singleton out there has helped solidify this defense after a woeful start. 
the bye week, a little extra work. Drew Sanders is the future here, you think. He needs to grow into that role. Or he's not going to be around long, man. I mean, the Bills present a lot of challenges, not just one or two. I'm on offense. Obviously, Josh Allen is an elite quarterback. He's going to test that Broncos defense. That I'm still not – I'm going to give VJ his flowers and his credit, but – Show me again, and then I'll really start to get on board like you were talking about, Scott. They have a pretty shifty uh, running back in James Cook, and don't forget the Broncos had or maybe still have a historically bad uh, run defense. On the Bills' defensive side, they just acquired Rasul Douglas, the cornerback, so that's going to help out their pass defense. They have two good safeties in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, and also they picked up, I believe, Linval Joseph, the run stuffer. So on every level of that defense, it's going to be hard work for the Broncos' offense, but they got to stick to what they know, Scott, and what's been tried and true, and that's running the ball and passing and building off that. For me, one of the one of the challenges that they present, I think they've got better skill position players yeah. right now than than okay. uh, you can make. Patrick Mahomes is going to get the nod over Josh Allen most everywhere and every time, but that doesn't mean if it's not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen's coming in on a lot of ballots as the next best quarterback in the NFL. But Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir. Uh, you're talking James Cook, even Gabe Davis out there. And all of a sudden, they've started using Dalton Kincaid, too, yep. at the tight end position. I think they're much more dangerous on offense. And as silly as it sounds, Zach, going against Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, this is going to be a stiffer test for the new-look Denver Broncos defense than Kansas City was two times in a row, in my opinion. And also the fact that Josh Allen provides more of a rushing uh, threat than Patrick Mahomes does. I mean, Mahomes can move, but Josh Allen, that's his like second read. As if the first one's not there, he's taking off and he's not taking any prisoners. So the Broncos, they're going to have to. It's hard to play all 60 minutes and play, for the most part, a an A-plus brand of football, but they're going to have to bring that again in Buffalo. That's a tough primetime game in a hostile environment against a Super Bowl contender. The Broncos prove they can do it, Scott. They beat Kansas City, but they're going to have to do, they're going to have to bring that exact same tenacity, the determination, discipline, and uh, technical ability to take down the Bills. Zach, the, the Broncos were finding, one of the ways we can tell that they were improving, how stupid does this sound, is they were finding different ways to lose. <laughs> I know they're getting better because it's not the same mistake every time. The offense starts off good and the defense is can't stop anybody. Then all of a sudden defense aren't playing better and the offense doesn't move the ball. Well, now the defense and offense are playing okay, but the special team has a breakdown. You're showing signs. Now let's clean all that up and play a complimentary game and we can beat everybody. To be a good team, you have to do that consistently. Right now, you're leaning, you're on the way towards a good team, but you're not there yet. This, this to me, I'll, I'm a believer. You win three in a row, including at Buffalo this weekend, and I'll start talking playoffs. I'll start, we'll start looking at matchups and, and seeds and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Doug Raquel, appreciate you coming in with the stars, my friend, cracking the ice for us on Facebook. And then Michael Ranquillo coming in with big stars on Facebook. Thank you, Michael. He says, Good evening, Zach and Scott on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Go Broncos. Thank you, sir. Go Michael Ranquillo. Sam Bam's all about that little Caesar. He says, I'd tell you a pizza joke, but it's too cheesy. So um, I, I got that one. I did. I got that one. Um, 
Yes, dad jokes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about them. My kids are the age now where they'll just absolutely roll their eyes at me, and I just try and make them worse and worse as I, uh, as I go. Um, so, getting back to Jerry Judy on this, did it say? Actually, did we even say what the offer was and who? No. It was from? Now that we've said our hellos to everybody, Jerry Judy. A report has come in that they the Broncos did receive a trade offer for him that they declined. What was it? Did it say who it was from? And did it say what all it entailed? No, Adam Schefter went on, I uh, forget, Denver Sports Radio. Uh, don't kill me for it. But he gave an interview and he was talking about the Broncos at the trade deadline and some of the names that were bandied about as potential uh, trade assets. He said nothing was really doing on PS2. The Broncos wanted too much. He went down the list, Cortland Sutton, uh, Josie Jewell, Simmons. When he got to Judy, though, he admitted Schefter did. There were conversations. The Broncos were taking offers. And at the very end, Schefter admitted, or he was asked, and he said a third and a fifth reportedly was floated to Denver for Jerry Judy. The Broncos did not feel like it was enough to move off him. And that's why they turned it down. So Scott, the fact that they did not take that would lead me to believe they wanted a second round pick or Sean Payton after that Kansas City win genuinely believes in the team for this season. And he thinks Judy, the Broncos are a better team with Judy on the roster than off the roster. Well, and the other part of that is not all picks in one round are created equally. So who sure. let's bandy about some names or just, you know, who might they be? Are the Carolina Panthers buyers? That doesn't make sense to no. me. It never made sense to me. So who who's a team that's out there making trades? Who's looking to buy right now? I mean, the Colts were rumored to be in on him, but I don't know with Richardson going down if they can be in buying mode either. I think that was that one, depending on where you looked and where you listened, Stephen Holder, the uh Jeff Legwald's Denver, Stephen Holder is the ESPN writer for ESPN for Colts. He said it was the Broncos that called the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and they were like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. But basically, it's good teams that are looking to be buyers for the most part. Teams that are in the playoffs, those are going to be bottom 10 draft picks. So, you send me a third, you're looking at 82 to 92 uh, in that range. Oh, whereas, you know, the Chicago Bears send a second rounder which could be anywhere from 33 to 64 for uh Montez Sweat. Well, that, that, that one right now is number 35. That's a, that's a big difference. So if you're going to tell me that the third round pick is number 66, that's a long way different. And in and, and the fifth round pick too is there's a big difference between picks. If you're a contending team, I, I want your second rounder, man, because it's going to be in the fifties. I just think, I mean, so many people, went for Chase Young, for example, going for a three, Kevin Bayard going for a five and a six. I don't think the value was there for the Broncos to trade away Jerry Judy. And I give the Broncos credit for that, Scott. They had a, an, a hard line set on what they wanted for a former first round pick. And they're not going to give him away for the sake of giving him away. And you're taking a, a gamble. Because if he goes on, Judy does, to have a better season, you are going to get that second-round mm -hmm. pick after the year when the draft order, by the way, is set and official and you know exactly what you're getting. There's no ambiguity. But also it's important to note as well, Mike Kliss kind of refuted what Schefter said and clarified the Broncos wanted a three and a five. They didn't necessarily get offered a three and a five. Yeah, want. I always think from uh... – the Dark Knight Rises wants, doesn't get.
uh, <laughs> very different. It's like, again, Pat Sertan, the idea that I, I got a little obsessive about this going into different teams chats, you know, on, on Twitter, on Twix and stuff would be like, oh man, if he's available, let's send him, you know, for a second, you know, I'm like, guys, come on, what's it going to cost? I'm like, it's going to cost you, you know, three first round picks. Oh, and, and I'd read those and it'd be like, oh, I, a first would be okay. Anything more than that, forget it. I'm like, a first doesn't get the phone picked up. Jerry Judy's, I mean, uh, Pat Sertan's not for sale. The fact that you won these two games changed the narrative around the Denver Broncos. There were two addition by subtraction players that have already been moved, Frank Clark and Randy Gregory. No one else fit in that category. Of all the guys that we talked about possibly being moved, only one of them is a free agent at the end of this year. Only one, and that's Josie Jewell. Who's sending draft picks that would interest you for inside linebackers that have been injured in the last three years? Who? What, what are they sending you? A seventh? A pick swap? Forget it. It's not worth it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I thought maybe Buffalo could be interested for uh, for Jewel, but the Broncos weren't going to trade Jewel to their next opponent. So it's, it's a tough <laughs> position. And that's what I was talking about, Scott. Jewel, say what you want about him. I haven't been his biggest fan, but he's still a starting caliber, great two-down player. And it makes no sense to just give him away, especially right. when you think you can still compete this year. And let me tell right. you, if the Broncos win next week, they definitely still can compete for a playoff spot. I, I agree with you on all of those points. Because, again... You went from fire sale to make us a legitimate offer. Or we're not listening. We don't have to sell. This is, the, 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 the ship is not sinking. The ship is float, starting to come up a little bit more. Um, you ever gone water skiing behind a really, really underpowered boat? Can't say I have. If you do that, you've got to dig in the water for a long, long time. And then once you get on top of the water, you're feeling pretty good once you're playing, but it takes a while. You got to sit in a catcher stance for a long time. The Broncos are in there. They're plowing through the water. It took right seven now. years, what? but they're getting there. They're coming up. They're coming <laughs> up right now. I don't, I don't have to go to the beach anymore and sit in there and watch everybody else on their fancy mastercraft ski. There's Spock good Broncos. things happening with the Denver Broncos. It might not be this year, but we're not talking about again, being stuck at the bottom. 
where where can we start seeing the check marks starting to go up? For me, it was winning that that Green Bay Packers game. The check marks started to go up. It continued on the rise, and I think it will continue to rise. And I'm saying you win every game, but the Denver Broncos will continue to improve and play good football moving forward. Moving forward. So it was not going to be a fire sale uh, that we thought could possibly happen when things were looking their darkest, Zach. Listen, even if you lose to Buffalo, there's four winnable games. I mean, not even being a homer here. Those are truly, genuinely, objectively winnable games. So if they go four and one over the the next five, they'd be seven and six, I think. And then you'd be right in the thick of it. What scares me, though, is you got Vikings okay. That, that That should be a win now. Um, you know, going into the season, you're not sure where's this team going to be, but right now, if you're not beating the, the Minnesota Vikings at home without Justin Jefferson, without Kirk cousins, you're back in the, in the muck, the Browns are a solid team, but that's a home game. But the thing that scares me about the rest of the, the, is that those three straight away games from December 3rd to December 17th at Texans at chargers at lions, man, that's a one and two at best right now for me. And that's, but again, go beat the Bills on the road and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll change this discussion. Yeah. Gary Palmer coming in with some uh, super chat. Appreciate you, Gary. Says, hey, Zach and Scott, the Broncos have been bad for so long. I get the need for more verification, but I'm a fan. I'll take any scrap of hope. Elated at the shift, go Broncos. I, I feel you on that one. It's one of those, you know, I've, I've heard uh, Zach say since we started working together for several years, one of the first people I actually ever heard say it was never apologize for a win. That's right. No, I feel like that watching, uh, you know, I pour my fandom into these guys. I've got a Chelsea coffee mug here. Um, they, this is a macro team. I mean, this is a power team that has won everything there is to win, and they've been bad the last year. It's like if they play good and win – it was just so-and-so, calm down. I don't care. It's been a while since I've been able to celebrate a win. So, but again, I do think things are headed in the right direction, Gary. I, I, I legitimately do. And like I said, as stupid as it sounds to say, and I feel like the team is getting better because they're finding different ways to lose, that means other things were improving. This is good. Last year was such a crap show, Zach. It's like nothing worked. Special teams was bad. The defense was okay, but a part of that was because nobody feared your offense that they just take their time. And as long as we don't, you know, beat ourselves, we're going to win this game. So we'll keep it close and just win at the end. Um, this team is coming together. It really is uh, in, in several aspects. Last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that and so on and so forth. So I don't care if Mahomes came into the game with his right arm cut off. He was on the field. He was playing and the Broncos, they didn't eke by Kansas City. They didn't get a fluke win. They didn't get lucky. They stomped their ass for 60 minutes and I'm never going to apologize for any win and I will take the ugliest win, even though it wasn't over the prettiest loss. And I want to just really quickly, Scott, because it Kind of ties into what I'm saying here. Savage Boy says, would you guys be satisfied if we lost to Buffalo in a hard-fought game and they came down to a field goal? No. I don't believe in moral victories. I don't don't celebrate good losses or pretty losses. I'd rather the Broncos win that game 3-2 than win it 40-37 or lose it 40-37. They have to win. And if they play like they did against Kansas City, there is no reason why they can't win that game, Scott. Savage Boy Kev, um, 
it's not that I'm satisfied. Will I be con- will I be more convinced that the Denver Broncos are headed in the right direction in that circumstance? Yes, I will. They're a big underdog on the road against a team that wants to be a, a, a Super Bowl contender. That's a tough game. Nobody's expecting the Denver Broncos to win. Don't go get Miami Dolphined by this team. The, what's different for me is not if they go and play tough, I'm, I'm going to keep the same narrative that I have as of this minute. This team is improving. They're headed in the right direction. That won't change for me. What will change with a win, I'll start talking playoffs. I will absolutely start talking playoffs for the Denver Broncos if they win this game. If they lose this game, I'm not going to talk playoffs on this because you've just dug yourself too deep a damn hole. Those those first two losses at the beginning of the year to the Raiders and the Commanders were absolute killers. Going on the road and losing to the Dolphins, losing to the Bills, shouldn't is not a a season derailer. That's almost expected for everybody when they're when they're looking at the Kansas City fans are looking at their schedule and they see at Buffalo and at Miami, they're like, okay, those are two we probably lose. We're still going to go win the freaking Super Bowl. You can't lose to the freaking Commanders. You can't lose to the Raiders at home and be a playoff team unless you go on the road to Buffalo and win a game you shouldn't. You're 100% correct. I mean, the Broncos will be massive dogs in this game. No one's going to expect a Broncos win. And it, it could be ultimately tough for Denver to pull out the upset. But it just would be same old Broncos, in my opinion, if they came off a, a dominant win against Kansas City for the first time in eight years, and they had a bye week to rest up and kind of collect themselves, and they just – they. They don't have it on Monday night in primetime. Scott, you weren't covering the team back then, but I recall in 2017, they were, the Broncos were, maybe 2016, 2017, I don't know, but the Broncos had a four and one record. They were doing really well. They were facing a Giants team that was winless, and the Broncos were coming off a bye on Sunday night football at home, and they got absolutely dog walked. It was one of the ugliest Broncos games I have witnessed to this date. I just don't want history to repeat itself. If the Broncos are truly turning a corner, you know what? They will come out and beat Buffalo. The Bills aren't an infallible team. They're not an unbeatable team. They have been beaten this year. You can beat them. They're not God. If the Broncos can just have the same strategy they employed against Kansas City, this game will be a lot closer than many expect. And if the ball bounces their way like it did against the Chiefs, I see no reason why they can't walk out of Orchard Park with another dub. Maybe our expectations have were a little different. I mean, three weeks ago, I'm, I'm looking at top two draft picks for this team. That's how low I was on the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So, again, losing a close game against a team that you're supposed to lose to isn't going to get me to change my mind about the direction of this team. That's that's all I'm saying. It, a win... A win will affect my feelings about this team a lot more than a loss would. Hundred percent. I'm not that. Hundred percent. To me, it's it's just different. And you know, it, it, David says, you know, no one was expecting the 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 Broncos to win against the Chiefs. Well, I wouldn't say no one. Nick and I were talking about you know what has to happen last week, and somebody came in. LOL. LMAO. Have you even watched this team? And you're talking wins. I'm like, no, nobody's expecting it, but. 
look at the the week the week before the the I forgot the big up, but there are two big upsets that week. It's like it happens any given week in the NFL. Now there's 16 games, so you may only have two or three upsets, but that's a lot compared to college football. So you have like a one in seven chance of a complete surprise game happening. To prove that that wasn't that for the Kansas City Chiefs, that it wasn't just one of those big surprise games in any given Sunday type of game, you, you, you need to back it up. You need to back it up on that one. Um, otherwise, it was. It will be chalked up as a fluke. And and that's that's what you don't want to see happen. Keith Brugman has a good question. Are the Denver Broncos in the market for Josie Jewell? Or do we go in a different direction considering Josie Jewell is a free agent at the end of the season? I mean, you used a fairly high round pick on Drew Sanders, so it's only a matter of time before he he has to play and start at some point. Otherwise, he's going to be labeled a bust. You have you have two of Josie Jewell. I keep saying it. Jewell and Singleton are the same guy. You can get by with one in today's NFL, which is very pass-oriented, but two starters that are both only two down players and very one-dimensional is not the way to go in today's NFL. So if it was up to me, I would hope that Jewel performs well the rest of the year to kind of pump up his value, make him a decent offer in free agency. But if he gets a better offer, say so long and good luck. Yeah. For me, Keith, I watched the Denver Broncos re-sign Kareem Jackson twice. And Melvin Jewel's twice. a more valuable player to this team than Kareem Jackson was. Yeah. If the price is right, Go test free agency. We watched it with Melvin Gordon. Go test free agency. Have a chance. You know, this is our offer. It'll probably be less than you're making this year. If you don't get something better, it's it's on the table. But you need three inside linebackers and then another one on the practice squad. If Drew Sanders is one of them, if Alex Singleton is one of them, and he's got a, some guarantees next year that would make him more expensive to get rid of next season. So I think Singleton will be with this team next year. Then Jewel coming back still makes sense to me. Um and what about uh, he's played so little and been injured for so long? Is Javante Griffin? What's what's I was Jonas Griffin. That's Jonas what I was going to say. Like, I am more Josie, inclined. Javante, I've already forgotten Griffin's name. I'm more inclined to bring back Jonas Griffith than I am Josie Jewell. I don't know Griffith's con. I he might be a, a UFA at the end of the year, but I would. He's a better player and a more. How do, you know? how do I know? How do you know that? I watched him play. At least he can cover. For how long? I mean, he has the injury concerns, but so does Jewel. It's the same kind of yeah. result. You know, but it's, I, I feel like if you're, again, as a number three, you're okay with that. If, if Drew Sanders is my starter, I'm going in with Singleton as my top two, then my number three, I'm willing to take more of a risk yeah. on. Where I don't want to see any more risk taken in the general manager department on this is I'm going to put Caden Stearns in at safety. Caden Stearns hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then I'm going to back him with the geriatric Kareem Jackson. Oh my <laughs> goodness, how could this possibly go wrong? I can't count on, I cannot count on Griffith. I, I can't. So if he's my third, okay. Okay. But I, I can't count on him to be out there any more than I can count on Caden Stearns to be out there for, uh, for the trust factor of having him be out there for a week to week. Um, let me see here. There's some, uh, this is an interesting point from Ramon DeCurta. That feels like a newer name to me. So I want to say hello and uh, thanks for joining the show. He says, Peyton's, Post by record is stellar. His teams typically play stronger in the second halves of seasons. And a lot of that has to do with the style of play that he wants to implement, which is get the ball to your running backs, uh, power running game, and then big plays over the top. And what's 
interesting and welcome, you kind of forget about the fact, uh, Zach, when people are staying healthy. We're not talking about which two Denver Broncos had season-ending injuries, and your offensive line has played virtually, if not literally, every snap together since week one, and they are improving. It's funny how that works. Make a couple changes and guys start staying healthier, don't they? Yeah, and another trademark of Sean Payton's teams, at least going back to New Orleans, was getting better as the season went on. I mean, just finding their identity, finding themselves, and getting hot at the right time. You know, you don't want to peak in high school. You don't want to peak if you're an NFL team in September either. And the Broncos certainly did not, but they seem to be finding themselves now. And the components that you mentioned, Scott, are accurate. You know, play a ball control type of game, a strong rushing attack, play action off that, but also a smothering defense. And that's the still the one variable that concerns me. Can VJ keep it going for the duration of the year? That's why I feel we'll know all that we need to know after that Bills game. Todd asks, if Sanders is a future, then why not make the future happen now? Flat out, he's not as good as Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. He's yeah. just, he's not ready. And again, you're one more win away from seriously talking playoffs for this team. If things had not happened, if the, if the Broncos had lost the last two games, we're talking fire sale. We're letting Josie Jewell go for... Uh, we're going to trade a fifth for a six and we're going to send you a six rounder in Josie Jewell. You're going to pick up the rest of his contract and we're going to get a fifth in return. That's a fire sale. The two wins change it. So you don't have to take any old offer. It's not everyone must go at this point. This is, Hey, we like the direction of this team. If you want to, you're going to, we're negotiating from a position of strength. Now you're going to have to make us an offer that makes sense for my franchise now. Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton are better players than Drew Sanders right now. Sanders has to prove that he is the future. It's not a given that he is, because right now he's not. You hope he becomes that. And that's where you kind of want your team to be. You don't want to be desperate and trying to give your players away like Washington did yesterday or have some sort of fire sale. You want to be in a position where if a if a offer you can't refuse comes through, fine, but if not, then you're happy going on with the players that you have. And the Broncos, with the winning streak and coming off the Kansas City game, if a second or first would have came through for Judy, they probably would have taken it, but they're not going to give him away for a three and a five when they still feel like Judy can help the team win more football games. And if and if he steps up, that could be a big reason, Scott, why the Broncos, if they do, go on a playoff run starting in Week 10 against Buffalo. So week 10 against Buffalo in a playoff run started two weeks ago with a comeback win against the Packers. And uh, the Bills getting three in a row. All of a sudden, people are talking about Broncos in uh, putting the Broncos in your mouth in a good way, talking about that type of stuff. Um, Savage Boy Kev comes in again. He says, oh, man, how would five and five feel going into a division game where the Broncos play well? <laughs> right now, you hope the Chargers had just decided to hang on till the end of the year. The Raiders didn't do you any favors. You wanted the Raiders again as quick as possible while they were just circling down the damn drain. They may get it together and be a whole different team under a Rich Basaccia type of renaissance in Week 18. I know this isn't going into – that's not the game we're talking about. But I'm just thinking of the whole schedule and the possibilities. And, and you wanted McDaniels. I know the record against McDaniels. I yeah. do. But – 
what a disaster he is. It just makes me angry to watch teams waste that much freaking money and someone just fall ass backwards into he keeps failing up and it just it it makes me angry. I'm jealous, frankly. <laughs> and, and they have some good players on that team, man. You know, Devontae, they have Jacoby Myers playing well, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby. It's just, it's, I don't want to say it's a shame because I love when the Raiders suck, but the fact that Josh McDaniels ran another team into the ground and he was the only coach, I think he's the only coach in history to get fired by two different teams in his first season or within his first season, something like that. that so, wasn't, yeah, I mean, the, the only one that was fired in his first season in the modern, modern era for non-football related things was Nathaniel Hackett. Otherwise it was Urban Meyer. I have to go back like 25 years after that, but oh, what a disaster. It just, it's just, it's frustrating for me again. It's like, listen, pay me one thousandth of what you're going to pay this guy. Just run it by me and I'll let you know if this is a good decision or bad and I'll save you. $20 $20 million on not hiring this freaking egomaniac buffoon. Wasn't that hard. Wasn't that hard to do. I just, I don't get it. It's you know, and as a, as a Broncos fan, you're looking at it and going, ha ha, <laughs> we told you so. But um, yeah, I, that people ask you, know, what does Scott get fired up about? I get, I get fired up about people calling it off ball linebacker and draft capital. Those annoy me. And then rehires of guys that don't deserve it. That bothers me too. Uh, Todd Moyer says, I do not feel the front office and coaches are putting as much stock in beating Kansas City that the fans are. I, I don't know. I, to me, that's a relative question. It's like when a guy says, well, this guy's overrated. What, well, what do you have him rated? I, I don't know what he's rated to. That's a, that's a relative point we're talking about. As much stock, well, how much stock do you think Kansas City or the, the Broncos fans are putting into beating Kansas City? I'm I haven't heard anybody really talking about playoffs or, oh, this is a Super Bowl team. I've seen a lot of people celebrate and getting that 16-game monkey off your back and how great that feels. But I, I don't – most of the questions in this chat and, and on Mile High Huddle through the various shows have been about what what can we do from here? What's the, what's could be What could be the ceiling for this team and what has to go right in order to compete for a playoff spot? This is going to come off kind of abrasive and a little douchey, but I don't really care. That's our middle name here. I, we've got shirts made up and everything. Abrasive and douchey. <laughs> MHH for life. Oh, it's, we're, we're going to run on that slogan. <laughs> abrasive and douchey 2024. No, but. If you do it well enough, you can become president. I, I don't care really what Broncos fans necessarily think after the Kansas City game, how much stock. I care about what the Broncos coaches and players are thinking, and they're walking a fine line, Scott, because it's something that Javante Williams talked about. He goes, we're not just settling for playoffs or a wild card. We're trying to make a Super Bowl run. But on the same note, you don't want to act like that game against Kansas City, which is still one game, in a 17-game regular season, was your Super Bowl. You can't act like it, it meant that much to you. You have to act like you've been there before, even though you haven't in eight years. So it's it's a fine line, and I think that Sean Payton is walking it well by not coming out and saying, oh, well, we're going to – it's going to be different. We're going to go on a run now. But he is saying we're finding ourselves, and you get confidence when you beat a team of that caliber. So I'm, I want to look up some stuff real quick as uh, Arlie comes in. 
uh, Arlie Tucker comes in. He says, Josh McDaniels, is, and we won't make this. I don't want to piss off Ernie too much. We won't make this about Josh McDaniels. But as a former Denver Broncos coach, I can tie this in. We can all enjoy a little schadenfreude. That's happiness at the misfortune of others. Schadenfreude. He's a good offensive coordinator, horrible head coach. I feel like we're still recovering from his time here in Denver. He's had success in New England. That's the only place he's been an offensive coordinator in his career is New England. We know he's been an utter failure in, wait, 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 here it goes. Here's, I missed this one. 2011 St. Louis, he went and became offensive coordinator. Um, rushing offense numbers. That's just, it doesn't say for sure. 23rd in attempts, 23rd in yards. Like Matt Castle, the quarterback. 29 overall win loss percentage. He was, they were 31st points per game. They were 32nd or is that plus per minus? And their plus minus mean that it was 30 seconds. I mean, they scored from year to year. They had the biggest decrease in offense. <laughs> with him as an offensive coordinator and he lasted there one year. Um, I'm not sure he's a good offensive coordinator, period. I know he's had success in New England. I know New England has been successful while he's been the offensive mm, coordinator. Wonder why. That's the only thing I know. Just That's like the only thing I know. Belichick, take away TB12. You're not that amazing. And I saw a stat where the Raiders are the only team this season not to score more than 19 points in any game. So I, I never understood that as well. We know he's a horrible head coach, but I'm not even willing to say he's a good OC. He's pretty much trash all the way around. <laughs> Sorry. He's a, he's a sleeper agent. He's been sent to the AFC West to destroy teams. It's two, for, over, two for two. Goodness gracious. Chargers, stay away. <laughs> stay away. Um, let me see if there's anything else going on here. We're coming up on 42 minutes. Um think we've taken care of the business we need to take care of almost uh we keep talking about the um we keep talking about these games in the home game coming up and we know it's more fun to be there live for the denver broncos football and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the denver broncos and the nfl Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat and a wide selection of tickets available for every game and if your plans change Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find your tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Broncos. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
All right. We're at about 45. We'll, uh, we want to talk a little bit some more. Anybody got a score update for us? What's going on there? Zach, I know you usually have the game on in the background. Yeah, I, know. I was shaking my head earlier, Scott. I don't, I, I don't think you're a huge fantasy guy, but I've had Najee Harris starting for me the entire year. And I finally swapped him out for his backup Jalen Warren today. And what do you know? Najee Harris scores a freaking touchdown the one week I take him out of my freaking lineup. But it's 7-3 last I checked. Uh, Steelers on top. I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. However, I am not, again, going back to this guys having success in New England and spinning into lots of other jobs. I'm not a big fan of Matt Canada. Tomlin can do better than that. I guess at a freaking college football game, Ohio State fans or Channing, you know, fire Matt Canada. Pittsburgh, for anybody that thinks, you know, the Northeast is all kind of one area, Pittsburgh's right on the Ohio border. It's pretty close to where I was born. So there's a lot of Steelers fans in Ohio, believe it or not. Um, I know Broncos country only. Let me see here. Um, I'm trying to navigate through the Todd Ostendorf, Dylan Von Arks, Josie Jewell, and Drew Sanders stuff going on in here. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Jamal. He's got a, uh, a, a, a score update for us. Pittsburgh seven, Tennessee three. Um, another Thursday night barn burner, uh, looking back at, you know, one of the coaches that was in last year, he says with all the trouble Harbaugh is in, I hope he doesn't go to the Raiders. Um, Harbaugh to the Raiders. And I, I kind of like K hop with this one. He says Harbaugh to the bears. Yes. Yes. Um, and again, trouble is relative. Speaking, I used to get that question recruiting all the time. It's like, well, does it tell you anything? Does it worry if they've taken money? I'm like, these guys are lining up to pay these kids money. What the NFL doesn't really care about if, if this guy took money or not. They're, they want to pay them. They want to give them money. So Harbaugh breaking, I guess the cheating one is a bit, is a bigger deal when you're doing, that's more like Spygate coming from, you know, Belichick, but still not that, uh, not, not all that damning in the ranks of the NFL, but yeah, that's, it'll be interesting uh, where the Raiders go with their, with their uh, selection there. They, they needed, they need some help. You mentioned his name before. I thought they never should have moved off of him. Rich Basaccia. He had that team firing in all cylinders. They made the playoffs. I don't know. That's Mark Davis for you. They'll go out and hire Josh McDaniels, but K hop. That's what I was going to say. I don't necessarily see Vegas as a great fit for Harbaugh. I see the Midwest Chicago, like a Dick Butkus type or just, uh, just the perfect sort of Stanford coach. Yeah. <laughs> I just I see him there perfectly. The Midwestern kind of feel, the the outdoor, blustery kind of weather, hard, tough nosed, run first football team. I could definitely see Chicago making a play for him. So, and Warren, you know, likes to point to uh, yes, Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator, not a good head coach. Proof that he is a good offensive coordinator. He has six Super Bowls on his record. That's not proof for me. Sorry. Um, Tom Brady has six on his record. <laughs> I, I need. I need more input. I would have to do more research on how involved he was in those six Super Bowls um, on, on that one. So, again, that's not proof. The, the only thing I know for sure is that he, New England was successful while he was there, and you can draw some correlations as you want to. On that note, I think we're just about ready to get out of here, Zach, if you want to uh, take care of some business for us. I'm pretty sure I have no NFL coaching experience, Scott. I'm pretty sure if I had prime TB12 on my team, I'd have a few Super Bowls on I my resume. Charlie Weiss did when he didn't have Tom Brady, too, and I named an award after him 
the Charlie Weiss Award is who has done who has gotten paid the most to accomplish the least in professional mm -hmm. sports. It was Charlie Weiss. I mean, you take away Brady from McDaniel's and he can't score more than 19 points a game. So he had Derek Carr last year. Ran him off for Jimmy G. I, I disagree with the fact that he's a good OC, but that's another conversation for another day. That was another fantastic episode, though, of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please rectify that by following us at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott's at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Chad at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some merch, like we're always rocking each and every day, and Scott does as well, even though. Not right now. Check out MHHmerch.com and get your swag on. If you haven't also done so, please drop us a like at Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddlePod. And also you can find us on Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. Make sure you're leaving Scott, I, and Chad, your football priest, and your deacon Scott, a five-star review. Yeah, I know that sounded weird too. First chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, ladies and gents, Please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. A big mile high shout out to our super chat superstars. David McElrath coming in nice and early. Sam Bam, Troy Boer, Doug Raquel on Facebook, Sam Bam on YouTube, Michael Ronquillo on Facebook as well, Gary Palmer, and closing us out tonight... Brandon Williams coming in at the buzzer with uh, some big stars for us over Thank on you. Facebook. Thanks to each and every one of you. It is truly humbling that the support that you show us. It truly is. Each and every day, you guys are the best fans in the world. And that's why I'm so happy for y'all. Keep celebrating. I mean, the Broncos did have their biggest statement victory since SB 50. They have to keep it going, but the Broncos are on a buy. Why not keep the good times flowing? Scott, I appreciate you sitting in. For Chad tonight, uh, tomorrow, check out Thomas's show in the morning. Then you have Eric and Lance in the evening. Saturday night, you have Orange and Blue View with Thomas and Ron. And then Sunday, no gut reaction, but the normal podcast at the normal time. It'll be Scott and I again. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.